listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. All right, here we go again. This is Katie Van Horn. And I'm Jackie Clayton. And this is the Inclusive AF podcast. Welcome. Yay. Yay. Hey. <laughs> here we are again. I've got my fun glasses on today. And a beautiful kitchen behind you, I might add. Thank you. I cleaned it up and everything. <laughs> Straight off the Zoom background. Yes. Yes. <laughs> clean kitchen. Yes. It's normally my gray background. I'm actually in my own house with my fake kitchen. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, all right. So today we have a couple different things that we want to talk about. And I think, you know, the, the first one, and we talked about this a little bit last week, but digging in a little bit more on what companies are now doing and how they're reacting to President's Trump, President Trump's proclamation around diversity training and not focusing on critical race theory and not focusing on the actual accurate history of the United States. <laughs> Which, so, did you ever think ever? Did I sound biased we when would I said be that? Here? I mean, it's no. like, 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 it's absurd. P.S. Um, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but it is October, which is Filipino American um, History Month. Mm -hmm. And the Filipino people came to what we now call the United States in the 1500s. And yet, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh, we started it. Christopher Columbus was the only one that's that right. Yes. And why do we celebrate mediocrity? Tomorrow is Columbus Day. Columbus Day, yes. Um, getting lost is <laughs> always an important thing. In the wrong country. Always good to celebrate people getting lost. Um, so, <laughs> like Scooby Doo. No, yeah, there, no. I, yeah. There's a there's a lot we can go into on this one. Okay, that's right. so let's. Um, I think it would be good, and, and I would love, uh, you know, to dig in. So I think, you know, some of the tech companies are definitely pushing back on this and are definitely questioning this because they're getting contacted by the Department of Labor and other entities within the government asking about their hiring practices and if they are discriminatory and things along those lines. When companies are making commitments to hire more black and brown people, people of color, and so I... I, I am very perplexed as to a why the Department of Labor is getting involved in this conversation when these this work is actually being done. It's not being done well at times, but we're making Correct. some progress, and so it's just frustrating. So, would love your thoughts. Well, I mean, there's a couple of different things that we have to look at. You know, there is mandates that are already put in place, like you were saying. It is you know, you can have goals and targets that's lawful, right? Mm -hmm. You are able to do that. And I'm not a lawyer, um, but those things are lawful. And the thing that is perplexing, perplexing to me is that if you look at like their own EEO1 data, mm -hmm. it'll say like, 3% African-American. Right. And then they say, we would like to hire more African-Americans. And Trump's like, can you prove to me that that's not discrimination? Like, okay, look at the numbers. Like, what do you, what are the notes? I would love to hear what he thought those numbers meant to him. Right. Right. Like, what's the opposite of that? Right. 
And I think that's a piece. And I think this goes to, you know, the, the topic that I know you and I've had or the conversation you and I've had before around how to actually increase diversity in organizations. And it's not about, oh, you must hire X number of African-Americans or whatever it might be. It's really about what are the processes behind it to get to those numbers and to create an environment. And especially Microsoft is such a great example where, you know, they are, they have presence kind of in multiple places throughout the U.S. Seattle obviously is a, a huge presence, but they also have a huge presence in Sunnyvale, San Francisco area. Yeah. And so there is that question of like, yeah, what is, what is discrimination in, in the Department of Labor and the government's mind right now? And how are they actually considering this as a discriminatory practice to say, we're going to do our best to try to hire more people of color? Well, and, and so I want to read something that came from the general counsel of Microsoft. And yes. it says, um, specifically, it says, OFCCP has focused on whether Microsoft's commitment to double the number of Black and African American people, managers, senior individual contributors, and senior leaders by 2025 could constitute unlawful discrimination on the basis of race, which would violate Title VII of the Civil Rights mm -hmm. Act. We have every confidence that Microsoft Diversity Initiative complies fully with all U.S. employment laws. We look forward to providing the OFCCP with this information and, if necessary, defending our approach. And I think that's hilarious. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, yeah, I, we'd the love to show you. Right. And the fact that it is something that we're even having a discussion about and having to defend. But I will tell you, I think there is, this is where the conversation comes up with folks around are we lowering the bar by hiring people of color or by you know thinking about diversity in hiring and that is one of the most frustrating and obnoxious things that i have to deal with i mean there's a lot of obnoxious things i have to deal with with some leaders but that is one mm -hmm. of the biggies where the insult of why would you think that you have to lower the bar just because we're thinking about diversity in our hiring? That's right. That's just obnoxious to, and especially knowing that women of color specifically are so much more educated, have right. so much grander and expansive experience in so many ways. And right. yet the response is we don't want to lower the bar. And so there is that like, yeah, you need to defend what you're doing because we don't want, here's what I don't want to have happen. And it happened with some of the affirmative action work is you did have people feeling like I only get got hired because I filled X and I checked a box. And I don't think any organization is trying to do that right now. You know, I, I, not that I know what Microsoft's plan is, but that is not what I would consider actually hiring for diversity. I think what they're doing and what, you know, I think every company is trying to do is find candidates and find people to fill these roles that they have open that are more diverse because we've been going to the same pool over and over again, which is very white, which is very male, especially in tech. And instead of looking other places because they're out there, it's just, you have to find them. And I think this also goes to, you know, when you think about like the senior manager and the comments there from the, you know, from the general counsel at Microsoft, it's also the, what are your promotion processes or how do you decide on promotions? Because we know, I mean, you and I both dealt with this in our careers. 
it's the squeaky wheel. That's the person that gets a promotion. That's it's right. a person that, you know, takes credit for things, whether they handle it or not. That's so, right. you know, it, it is that, that challenge that I think a lot of people have of how are we actually doing this to make sure it's not biased, to make sure it's not the squeaky wheel every time that gets the promotion. Like, how are we thinking about our processes? And I think if you if you um, look at it, the thing that's different about them um, at Microsoft is that they're not just saying that they're making the hires, they're making the investment, starting all the way from elementary school and secondary education. Mm -hmm. They're looking at HBCUs, they're expanding it, they're putting offices in Charlotte, North Carolina, Atlanta, and Reston, Virginia, places that are, have, are economically disadvantaged, but also have a lot of African Americans that they can add into their talent pool. So mm -hmm. they're doing it righter than anybody else that mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Right. I mean, they're really making the investment. They said 2025. It's a long play, mm -hmm. but they are taking it seriously. And I'm proud of them for what they said. And I know that it's going to be, you know, I, it, I don't, I don't, I would be, well, maybe I shouldn't be shocked given everything else, but I would be shocked if this like went somewhere into the Supreme Court. Um, I think the impact would be absolutely devastating but mm -hmm. I, I also think it's really ridiculous to um you know if you can't see the benefit and that's the other thing that's very interesting is that we know that there is a financial impact in the positive from doing this from having mm -hmm. it so so that's the other question like what you can't have it both ways right like he, they're literally talking about building jobs for whoever the president is you'll get credit for it you know, right. Mr. President, we're going to create jobs. We're going to, we're going to increase like the bottom line. So we're going to uh, have more wealth in these groups. They're going to be more economically advantaged. So that means there's less, you know, things going on within the government. It adds more money within those locations. And you're saying that that's a bad thing. Okay. But again, I don't, I don't think it has anything to do. I think in my opinion, I think what President Trump is trying to do right now, right before the election, is double down and everything he can from a white supremacy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it is, he knows who his base is, he knows what their beliefs are, and he wants to cultivate that as much as he can. And I mean, I think we're all seeing it on our social media where there are a lot of people that are like, yep, Absolutely. He's right to be doing this. And, and, and even like, nauseous. right. And if you think about like just the training, going back to that for a moment, you know, taking the hiring out of it, but the, the training that, you know, has been banned or has been, you know, mm -hmm. a, you know, they, they've been told <laughs> that they can't do this anymore. I, I don't mean to laugh because it's just so ridiculous, not, but I'm sorry. It's, but it is one of those things where what you're basically saying is let's rewrite history so the Eurocentric, Euro-dominant, white-dominant male looks okay in this narrative. So you're rewriting history. We've already, you know, whitewashed history so much to make it like a, oh, yeah, the, the people we put on the slave ships, oh, it's fine. That's fine. And it is history. Like, it's, we've, there's, like, proof. Like, you can't just, like. Rewrite history. You can't, I mean. Yeah. I mean, what do you 
you trying to say? Like, right. that, like, remember when we were talking in Waco about the Cotton Palace, which was this event yeah. celebrating cotton and they didn't want to have slavery in it. But how did you get there? You can't right. just, you can't have one without the other. That's why it's like, you can't have it both ways. Right. You cannot I, have it both ways. Right. But I also think, I mean, I, I think... Not but he doesn't care. Politics. That's the that's care. the end of the end of it. The, right. That's the point of it. Right. And for those of you, I I said dog whistle earlier, and not everybody is familiar with that jargon. Um, mm -hmm. Dog whistles are when people are saying things that are kind of passive aggressive to alert a certain group. It's like double speak, um, mm -hmm. and and people will hear that and have certain action and other people like me are like that doesn't make any sense why are you training and then all of the other people are like oh okay Whoopsie. good he doesn't yeah. like black people and i'm like right. what why would yeah. you do that and mm -hmm. and that's what we were saying that he's done over and over again um with his tweets and the posts you know with um anti-semitic rhetoric or when he said stand up stand uh, stand by that was a dog whistle like he just keeps doing it over and over again um well even i mean it, and it started i think right after the election with charlottesville when he oh, yes. made the comment around there's good people on both sides in regards to the white terrorists because that's what they are white terrorists that showed up for the um protest that was going on the peaceful protest and you know the woman was killed by a car running through the crowd so like it, it has been i mean even his announcement for candidacy you know the way he opened it up about uh mexican people being rapists and murderers yes, and it's yes. like what in the world like it's it's hard to understand why someone would go down that path and I just don't understand it. I don't understand the logic, but I also, um, I don't understand much of what he I does. I just don't know why you would want to be president that freaking bad. Amen. I, I think now it's a, it's an ego piece. There's no, there's nothing else to it other than ego. I, mean, I think that was it from the get-go, the sure, two. Sure. But I also think the part, and I, I want to shift over to the VP debate from this past week, because that's also a topic I want to talk about. Um, but I think it's so absolutely spot on that he, right now, he's looking at his financial interest and he has from the get-go of, you know, making sure that things are being held at his golf courses or suggesting that they yes. are held at his golf courses, making sure that dignitaries and whatnot stay at his hotels. Every deal he's made, and I mean, and there's stuff that we know, and I will say one of the best comments i heard from kamala this past week was around the he owes 700 million i think it was i don't remember right. the exact figure who does he owe that to That's and right. and what does that actually do to someone from a what decisions are you making as the president of the united states that's how right. does that impact your decisions and that's just scary to think about. And I think that's what a lot of people are going, what in the world? Because you're not supposed to be able to be president if you have that certain amount of debt because you're able to do it, do it in your favor. Right. I mean, that's like, there's, but. And, I, and it's even, even if you have that debt, it is the, who are you beholden to right. now? Who owns you? Right. Because I think, I mean, yeah, like have debt, whatevs. It is what it is, like, that's yeah. fine. But it's the, who do you owe that to? What, what are your interests? And what decisions are being impacted because of those interests? And 
we all know damn well that Donald Trump is about Donald Trump. That's right. The end. Period. So, I just mentioned it. VP debate. Uh, what are your thoughts? So, one of the things that I thought was very funny and telling was that the press really does respect Kamala Harris because there were so many meme moments <laughs> that mm -hmm. could have happened the next day yeah. that didn't. Right. Um, I was glad. Um, I was triggered, completely triggered, and mm -hmm. it just reminded me of every time I was in a meeting and, and spoken over and dismissed. Um, I thought she did a good job of holding herself together. Um, yes. My favorite moment was when she said, don't try to tell me about this. But then I also, it made me think of my mom when I told her she couldn't tell me what to do. Like, it right. just felt like that. Um, do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. I, once again, the moderation was just piss poor and that's mm -hmm. part of the other reason why it was triggering because he was doing it to Kamala and he was doing it to Susan mm -hmm. who I forget her last name um and like seriously I on the one side I was like oh let me be a moderator on the other side I was like if I was moderator I would have walked off the stage right well the the, the complete disrespect correct that uh, like I, and I think you know I I'm sure you saw I saw so much on Twitter and every other social media the for every woman on the planet this mm -hmm. resonates because of the fact that how many times have you had to during a meeting go I'm speaking that's right let me finish my thought let me finish what I'm saying and how many times have you been talked over when it is hey you know what it's not your turn anymore let's move on to what we're talking about well, no, 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 I have to finish something. I, I need to finish what I'm saying. Yeah, can you answer and this question? And he says, no, I'm not gonna answer that question. I'm Look, gonna talk about what I wanna talk about. That's when we would be scrapping and why right. I'm not running for right. vice president. No. Because at and, that point, that's like, those are fighting words. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, and, I, and I agree with you wholeheartedly that Kamala did a phenomenal job of just holding her own. And, and I think the part that is so frustrating to me, like as I, listened and read everything after and you know all of the different stories that were coming out and especially black women women saying god this is so familiar and mm -hmm. how she had to literally balance every word that she said and measure every way That's that she right. responded every way that she reacted to make sure that she still had a smile on her face that, and everything's yeah, great yes. But at the and same time, turn into also, an angry black woman, even though yes. she was well within her right and should have been angry because right. of the way that she was being treated and Absolutely. disrespected in that moment. But I did love that she did call him out a, a few times to say, like, I'm the only one on this stage who actually has yes. been in these roles. So you don't get to tell me that's right what this is like or what we should be doing about this when you're talking about law and order. And I, I mean, I, I know, like, Obviously, the presidential debate, I don't think anyone won. I think that was no. just a mess 
of messes. Um, and I'm actually like, I think kind of everyone in the US feels like I'm kind of glad that this second one has been canceled because it's like, no one wants to see this. Right, right. But for this one, I mean, I, I personally feel like Kamala did a great job of getting points across, of countering some of the stuff that Pence was lying about, because let's be clear, it was all lies. Um, but I also felt like the fly did a really good job of if reinforcing- it wasn't for that fly, there would have been riots. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. I, well, like, so I was like, <laughs> what is that? Like I, I was looking at it on my computer. I was trying to get the, the thing. And then I was like, and the fact, let's talk about that. They, <laughs> the Biden campaign were, was on it in seconds. Yeah. They had a uh, fundraiser plus water. Fly for me or something. Yeah. In a second had that yes. stuff up and ready. But I also would say like, so I was talking to my brother about it yesterday and he was like, I just don't understand why they didn't like say something like the moderator or someone. I'm like, well, the moderator probably didn't see it because right. she's not seeing it on camera, you know, in, in the digital TV that, that we really, now- I'm sorry, your fly's down. I don't think- Right, no. And, and, but I also, <laughs> but it was also like, it went on for such a long time that it also was like, well, why didn't someone from back behind the camera say something? And I was like, again, what are they supposed to do? Interrupt the debate to be like, oh, right. hey, there's a fly on here. And clearly very gelled, was, very hairspray hair. <laughs> ironically, the fly was on his head for two minutes, wow. which is the same amount of time that he was supposed to use. So, which tells you two, two minutes is long enough time. Right. It's a really long time. <laughs> it seemed like an eternity. Yeah. Yes. And it was funny that I just was, I was dying. That, yes. that made me laugh. But I... I, he, but there were some moments that did not get addressed and did not get answered. Mm -hmm. And I think I would like a moderator to hold people to that. I know that they have right. a list of questions, but on both sides of letting people off, just easy. And, and yes. so we can't make good decisions if we don't have all of the information. Um, I'm also concerned when we're looking at it, like there are news reports talking about how much further ahead Biden is over Trump, but he's not really in comparison to where we were almost four years ago. Mm -hmm. He's not doing, he's not doing as well as Hillary was doing at this moment. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're not getting all the information. And so, right. right. So again, if I, I know we're not going to do another vice president one, and now we're not doing the presidential one. Right. But I also like, I don't, from those two debates, I don't think anyone's minds were changed. No. If anything, it just no. caused more confusion and more frustration for people that I would say are undecided. Although I'd be shocked if there are truly anyone, if there's truly anyone that's undecided at this point, but there is that whole concept of like some of the things that didn't get answered, you know, Pence made the comment or question to Kamala that like, oh, hey, what are you, are you going to staff the court, the, you know, the Supreme Court if, if Biden's elected? And I, I, she didn't answer. And obviously Biden didn't answer during the presidential debate either. But it was one of those things like, you wanted her to say, that's what you've been doing. That's what right. you and Trump have been doing for four years and you've been stacking right. every level of the courts with uber conservative judges that have been proven to be not okay and not good 
And now you're going to turn this into, uh, oh, now you're going to try and take that away from us if we get Amy Coney Barrett. Is that her name? Whatever her Amy, name is. Yeah, something, something, something. Yeah. But no. I even think, you know, they were saying like, you know, it was amazing that people are saying in regards to her, they're like, she shouldn't even, you shouldn't even take the role. It's one of those things like where you should say, you know, I, I want this to be fair. I want right. this to be, I, I, I mean, plus that's a long time to sign up for a job. <laughs> <laughs> Four years could turn like, into eight. We're like not sure. Yeah. Like, also the president's 900 years old. So at any moment you might have to any step second. in. Yeah. Any second. But I mean, that's Pence's like, I actually, when all of this, I mean, and it's still going on with Trump having COVID, there was like the, will this actually, because the, at this point, obviously the ballots cannot be changed. So That's if right. Trump is elected based on the ballots and something did occur to him prior to the actual election, then Pence becomes the president. And I, I kind of was sitting back going, are there conservatives that are going, actually, yeah, that might be better because Trump is so all over the map right now that it's just hard to figure out what he might say or do and what direction he might go in. I mean, and this week was a great example of the what in the world is going on when you have him say, yeah, we're not doing anything, any sort of stimulus relief. We're not doing any of that. Oh, wait, maybe we will. Oh, wait, here's my proposal. Oh, wait, no, we, you know, the, it's all the Democrats' fault. And it's like, can you all just sit in a room and figure this out? Do y'all know? Do y'all talk to each other? I mean, right. But the thing you you brought up, how yes, Kamala didn't answer this the question about stacking the courts, and this is kind of a new thing. Like, I don't even know if they've had the conversation. She's asked him if they're going to protect and get rid of pre-existing conditions because of mm -hmm. everything going on. That's a they should they should have the answer to that though. Right. 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 <laughs> They've been trying to not they haven't come up with anything better no. than the Affordable Care Act. No. They have utilized. Wait, what, what are you talking about, Jackie? They have a plan. <laughs> Girl, if I could jump through this screen. <laughs> <laughs> and so the thing is, you you this just came up in the last month. You're talking right. about something you've been talking about for almost four years. Mm -hmm. And they don't have an answer for that. Right. That's just well, they don't have an answer on quite a few things. I mean, immigration, they have no idea and no plan. And what's happening right now, let's be very clear, is not working and is not okay. No, it is not okay. They have no plan on health care. They have no plan on how we're going to figure out the economy right now with everything going on with COVID, where if we don't Wave see two. some money infused into the states right yes. now, yeah. It's not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> I love you, Katie says. It's not good. It's not okay. It's not, it's not gonna end well, folks. And and you brought this up. We were started with Microsoft. We went to the yes. VP, and yes. which brings us to why are we having this conversation? We're talking about <laughs> inclusive AI. Because these why are, are we having this I don't know. I think we're just triggered. But the thing is, is that it's getting ugly and mm -hmm. it's getting uncomfortable. It's so hard when we talk about, like you and I are very big about in, in being inclusionary, trying mm -hmm. to get people to bring people together. And how do you bring people together at work 
when the narrative is on the one side, you must be a racist. Right. Period. Right. Like that's the only thing that people say. Right. Or on the other side, I don't know what people say about it. Just like leftists, Antifa, I don't know what people say. Right. Um, but you have this argument, like you have to work together as a group. It's beyond like, I mean, it was always there, but not so explicit. And like four mm -hmm. years ago, it was just, can we all get along? And this year it's like, no, we can't. Not right. without these things happening. Right. And you can't, you, if you're being inclusive, you want to have all of those ideas and opinions right there. Right. So how do you, especially if somebody is in a position of power that you know that you are in direct conflict because the days of, oh, don't talk about politics or at work. <laughs> yeah, that's over. <laughs> are over. Yeah, but, but it's also the, don't talk about politics at work. And oh, by the way, we're in one of the most emotional, sensitive, uh, chaotic points oh, in yes, our you history. You could get fired because we don't have any stimulus and we're in, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. But don't talk about that. But don't talk about it. And, and I think that is the part that is, you know, I, this is where I struggle at times because part of my conversation is we have to be inclusive of everybody. That's right. Even folks who are conservative, even folks who maybe aren't there and aren't at the same place on the journey of diversity. And not that that is like, oh, it's okay and they don't have to learn, but we have to bring people along from where they're starting. And I always you know, count it as a win when we can move people further down the path. That doesn't mean we're absolutely changing their minds and their entire belief system. But if we can change their behaviors at work, that's a win. That's right. And and I think that's part of it too, is that, you know, the, it's the, you know, and you and I talk about this, bring your authentic self to work within a professional way. <laughs> unless. Yeah, unless you're, <laughs> unless we don't agree with your beliefs. And so, you know, and there that, is that. Work. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. You're, and, and that's, you know, it's the whole like, okay, I can, if I'm supposed to bring my authentic self to work and I'm a white supremacist, then what, you know, then what do you do? And, and or and whatever. I think what's important is what people need to do within their own organizations is make sure that they are very clear on their mission, on their mm -hmm. values, on their goals, and on their culture. They have to be very explicit and very particular and give people an out and say, listen, if you don't want things to be inclusive and you hate everybody and you are nasty this just isn't the place there's Agreed. plenty of places where you can go but it's the same thing where this is what's required of this job and these are what our core values are that's why they tell you your core values so that right. you can't you don't have to work there if you don't want to right you get to you decide. have a choice but if mm -hmm. you're going to work here it's like you know you know, but me and my house, you know, this is right. the way we're rolling here. Absolutely. So if you want to stay here, this is what we expect for you. That's, that's normal. Yes. That's very normal. And, and so it's right. I think that you have to be very clear. And for the organizations that don't want to do it, that's their message is clear. Right. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and no, so absolutely. That's the only way that this, this, I mean, it isn't that you don't want to be able to bring your authentic self, but it's like, if I'm going to like 
be violent, angry, and disruptive in the workplace, then there is no place for that. It doesn't mean that you can't have a difference of opinion. People have differences of opinion at work all the time. Mm -hmm. But if it gets to the place where it's getting in the way of our organization being productive, we mm -hmm. have to stop and think about that. And you have to nip it in the bud that because it is work. We have work to do. Yes. And I want to counter that or add to that layer on that, because I think the other piece that we're struggling with in organizations right now is that you do have a predominantly male leadership in a lot of organization, predominantly white male. And this is not a ding on white males because this is what they have been brought up with and taught from birth is their number one. And so it's also that, you know, how do you help them unlearn some of those things? Because it is the, yes, live the values, all those things. And they can say, well, hey, I'm living the values. I'm being totally inclusive and I'm being great. But if you also aren't thinking about the fact that you have those biases advices and inside your brain and you have the the systems and tools and processes that keep marginalized groups out of certain rooms out of certain roles out of certain things and i mean the, the greatest example that i can say just off the top of my head is you know in tech for so many women you get to a certain level of an engineer and then they start pushing you to product owner or program manager that's right and and away from writing code that's right. And and there is this implicit bias of, oh, well, that's what, you know, the, the women should be organizing and keeping us on track and keeping our project on a timely basis and all these things. And we'll be back here writing code, you know, behind closed doors in a quiet, dark room. Mm. So, like, I think that that's the other piece. And, I you know, I'm, I'm thinking about a specific leader right now where he doesn't even know. Like in having these conversations, he's still going, oh yeah, that's other people are doing that. Oh yes, other people. And you're like, well, but you're leading the team and you're the number one for this organization. Right. So you're the one and you are actually someone that needs to step back from your own beliefs and start questioning what you know to be true. And, so, and, and that's the other part that you, when you bring it up, because for those organizations where they are making a statement and they are doing things, you still have to make sure that you have things in line. Like you still have to have the baseline. You can't just say it. Mm -hmm. um, I recently uh, had a career change and during that process was asked uh, if I wanted to consider a chief diversity officer role. Mm -hmm. And in order to get into that role, they asked for me to write like almost to re in response to where their key values were, how I was going to implement those things. And I was like, okay, this is a whole I'm problem. <laughs> Number <Yeah>. one, <laughs> I'm not giving you my work. I charge for that. Right. Number two, you need to have a conversation with me. Right. They reached out to me again last week to ask if I would reconsider having a conversation. And I was like, no, no, because you showed me your cards when you didn't yes. want to first have a conversation with me mm -hmm. to be able to do this, which means, ooh, mm. yeah, it's not good. It's not good. But I, I also it. think I'm going to, I'm going to pull up a visual and I'm sure you have seen this before, but it's one that I recently have been kind of digging in on and this is one that I think people, um, can you see this okay? Can you make it a little bigger? 
I don't know. Even though I do have my fashion glasses on, which means you would think I would be able to make it okay or make it bigger. Yeah, go up to the little I don't green. Know. Go right up there. Where? To the little green thing right there. Right where? On the oh, maybe it's me. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> You're like, no. Um, I'm gonna stop this. Hold on one second. Because okay. I need to find a bigger one. Um The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. So I don't know if you saw what that was, but it basically it's the, the, the pyramid of covert and mm-hmm. the covert racism and how you know people think about white supremacy think about you know oh well my actions aren't mm. being overt and so therefore you know it's it's okay um and it's just fascinating oh, come on why are these things fascinating that's one word for it yeah well i'm trying to be <laughs> trying to be kind I know. Um, great job of that. Yes. Um, why is this thing not opening? Let's see. Well, share it. Oh, just share it again. I just share. I think you can kind of see it. It just looked kind of small. And I just want to make sure you're in um, maximum. Oh, I'm in maximum. You're maximum. Yes, I am. Okay. How's this? Yes. There you go. Okay. Perfect. So this is one that, you know, I think is such a, a good reference for folks, because I think a lot of times when you talk about white supremacy, the alt, like people immediately go to those things above the line that overt, you know, Hey, if I'm using the N word, if I'm a part of the KKK, if I have a swastika tattoo or whatever, um, all of those things that are extremely over the top, I mean, even, you know, and I, I, I do appreciate this visual that has like racial slurs and racist jokes on there, because I think a lot of times those are like, oh, well, it's no big deal. and can be considered kind of covert, which mm-hmm. they're not. Um, but I also think that the below the line is where we see so much, um, where so much of this work needs to be done. And, you know, and, and you just mentioned one here, the, you know, expecting the people of color to teach white people. So right. give me your entire learning on how we should be thinking about DNI. Right. And, and then we'll decide if we want to hire you as an employee, not to pay you for that, but just because we want you to do that work for free for us. Is that cool? Um, and like all of this, all of these things are just interesting to kind of think through and what I've said to people as I've showed them this is go and look up what all these things mean if you don't know what it means if you don't know you know why would this be an issue because I think one of them you know is the you know the what about me what about me isms you know all of those things because it is the I paternalism I just looked up for the first time Mm -hmm. it's the policy or practice on the part of people in positions of authority of restricting the freedom and responsibilities of those subordinate to them in the subordinate's supposed best interest. Yep. Girl. 
I'm going to take the, and, and let me, let me be clear the, the that one actually makes me think of white women that, mm -hmm. you know, are in that, that space of, I listen to my husband regardless, and mm -hmm. he's the one and he knows all the things. Um, ladies, he doesn't. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> in case there are questions. <laughs> not true. This is not an accurate position. <laughs> sure not. Sure not. Um, but it, like, I think that's a great example of, you know, how Trump even got into office is you had yes. these women that were, you know, Christian women listening to their husbands who said he's the one and not thinking of their own interests, but being told by their husbands, he'll take care of you. Well, is he really, is he really taking care of women? No. And mm -hmm. so like all of these, I think are just Again, you know, we, I don't want to go through every single one of them, but I just think this is a great visual for folks. Go look these things up. Yes. Go, you know, dig in on them because it's such an interesting thing. And even, you know, some of these topics, it, it's the whole concept of, you know, there's two sides to a coin. But these issues, a lot of times, it isn't a two-side thing. There are lots of different ways of thinking about it. There's a lots of different ways of um, understanding it, like anti-immigration policies and practices, like that's a great example because I, there, there is a right answer, but to get there, what do we have to do and how do we have to think about some of these things and where do we, like, there's so much to it and it's so multifaceted that that's just another great example where you need to dig in, you need to form your own opinion, you need to actually do the research. And so part of this for me is also the you can't just listen to one news article or, yeah. you know, one news program and think that, you know, all of the things. Um, and, and, and even too, like you actually have to dig and then put it through Snopes and then go ask a friend. <laughs> right, and then, right. you, know, you have to do yes. 17 different At things to actually go, two. is this accurate information? At least two sources. And right. let's, let's be clear. You're either going to jump on board and get this stuff or it's just going to happen to you, right? right. You're either going to work with this at some point, you, you're not going to have a choice. People mm -hmm. who are like, because we already know that people that right now are underrepresented, there's several groups that are, are becoming more representative of that. And especially mm -hmm. when we're looking about people that are brown and black people, we already know this. Like it's right. just, it's just going to be there. And I don't, I don't think, and I think the struggle is, and we kind of talked about this, is that we know that it, there's a system, it's systemic. Mm -hmm. Oh, we didn't even talk about that when we talked about Pence that said he doesn't believe that, the, that there's systemic racism. How did we just oh, gloss over that? I don't that? know. You're right. You're right. You're right. No. I, yes. What? Anyway. You know, I actually, I want to reserve that for the next podcast because I yes. think that can take a I mean, whole lot of time. What? Yeah. So let's dig in there. But, <laughs> Sorry. but in regards to data, and you mentioned this earlier from the poll you know, perspective, we had so many polls leading up to the 2016 election that said Hillary's got this in the bag and everything's fine and don't you worry. Yes. And then so many people on election night were like, what just happened? Yes. Because there, the data said the exact opposite. And, and it, people didn't vote. And that's what I'm right. worried about. It's like right. CNN, shut up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and no, and that's like all of my friends, that's the conversation we have all the time is like, do not listen to the polls, period. Everyone needs to go vote. But I did see a number yesterday, the day before, that like 
1.2 million people have already turned in ballots or voted. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, oh my goodness, as opposed to like 400,000 at the same time in 2016. Yes. Like, how awesome is that? And, and here's the thing, like, and I, this is going to not sound great, but I don't even care who you voted for. I'm just happy you voted. Like, I'm happy that you're getting involved. Yes. And I think we do have like, it, you know, all of the things that I could say about President Trump that I am not a fan of, I will say he is sure getting people physically or <laughs> he's really getting people very involved in politics and what's going on in their world. So there's. <laughs> yes. Have you ever That's seen Eddie Roger Stone, the, the no. documentary? Go on Netflix and watch it as soon as we're done. Okay. Because Roger Stone, you know, he was he was there for Trump and did some of those yes. things. And he what one of the things that he says is that hate is a greater motivator than love. And mm -hmm. that's why we're seeing some of those those oh, things. Yeah. Which makes total sense because so many people it was, I don't care who it is, I just don't want it to be Hillary. That's right. The emails, Jackie, the emails. <laughs> girl and that's the other thing they were saying they were like yeah but this at this point we didn't hear about the emails or whatever i mean i just can't well just and can't. you did hear him trump saying this past week you know oh well biden should be in jail along with obama and yeah. hillary and you're like please get a new record because this one's old like done play a no, different he's not he's at this, well, if all of his advisors weren't in jail he would have a better idea on what to say Exactly. This is very true. Or down with COVID. I learned something this weekend. I watched what did Death you, learn? you okay. on Netflix. Um, it's a reality TV show about these young 20-somethings. And they were saying they knew if you were a Trump supporter or not because they came up with a word. So if you supported Donald Trump, you, you spell out Trump. And for those people who don't like <laughs> Donald Trump, this is the sign for Trump because of his hair and the toupee. Oh, and they were like, the deaf gracious. community gave him his deaf name. He should be glad. Dead. I wish everybody was like that. It would be right. so much easier to know. Right. Here you, you go. Know? Here's the answer. <laughs> if you called him this, then you would just. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, I just hope. I just hope. I just don't see. I don't know where we're going. I don't yeah. know where this is going to land. And I hope that, and I, I'm not kidding. I know that it's going to be difficult for people to make some of these choices, but I think that if you are going to be supportive and you are going to be part of trying to be inclusive AF, that you make that known sooner than later, because I think what's going to happen as, as we'll see is that, because we're already starting to see it happen. You're going to like, whatever, whatever we talked uh, last time about Wells Fargo, you're going to mm -hmm. lose those people and you're going to send them to other people that will have that competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. And with cancel culture, you'll be done. Right. So Absolutely. either, you know, if you want to be, you know, like problematic and you don't want to have an inclusive environment, fine, let it be known. But if you do let it be known and start working on it before it's too late. For sure. So, what is your one or two or 17 <laughs> things that you want folks to take away from this or 17 <laughs> not 17 um, really from this episode what what is the one thing so you said go watch the roger stone yes roger thing. go get me roger stone 
Okay. Um, Go get me Roger Stone is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, get me Roger Stone, I think. Get it's me get Roger, Roger Stone. Stone. It's on okay. Netflix. Okay. Um, the other thing I want you to do is learn the laws and don't let this push from Trump to go to organizations af make you afraid of implementing diversity training in your own organizations. Yes. Because again, what he's saying is not going to hold up, but he's trying to scare people. You need to understand mm -hmm. what the laws are. Um, and the difference between all of the different things, or at least make sure that your HR department or the people that should really, really know are doing those things and ask them for their information. Yes. Um, I would also say to continue doing your research and learning about marginalized groups. Mm -hmm. Um, we That's three. You're at three. Oh, that's it. And I would like to tell you that these, I did not know these glasses were this big when I ordered them, but. I would like to say the most fabulous glasses and I made you put them on. I'm going to go ahead and admit that you had other glasses on and I asked oh, you to yeah. switch out to these ones because I love them so much. So my one thing that I'm going to ask folks to do, <laughs> see how good I am. Just fun. Good. Um, that visual. So if you Google go, uh, covert versus overt white supremacy, it's there's, you know, 20 different versions, if not more of that visual go look at one or two of them and just pick out the words that you don't understand or that you don't know. Yeah. You know, if you don't know what redlining is, if you don't know what the white savior complex is, if you don't know whatever, um, look that up and start to learn more because that's how you actually will grow and understand. And I mean, I think that's, that is critical right now is for us to educate ourselves and then go have a discussion about it with a friend, you know, yeah. whoever that friend may be, go talk about it with someone else and teach them as well so that we can keep educating folks. So that's all for this episode. Thank, thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you for joining us. And we'll talk to you next week for the next episode of the Inclusive AF podcast. Bye. Deuces. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.